I'm Brett Tomlinson, the digital editor of the Princeton Alumni Weekly. And I am Greg Lang of the great class of 1970 with his obligatory spring cold. And this is Going Backstory, our uh, Princeton history podcast. Uh, and looking at the most recent issue of PAW, the April 12th issue of PAW, there are two uh, prominent pieces, feature pieces on members of the Princeton class of 1939. So uh, Lem Billings, uh, a close friend and confidant of uh, John F. Kennedy, uh, is, is featured in the cover story. And then there's a brief feature on uh, Henry Morgenthau, uh, the third class of 39 as well, uh, who at age 100 is a, a newly published poet. And uh, he, he reflects about some of the, the interactions in his life and, and, uh, and his, his experience with poetry in a, in a feature piece. And that got us thinking about the, the class of 39. Uh, one of the fun things to do in, in our office is to uh, look back at some of the reunion books for a given class and the, and the uh, Nassau Herald. Uh, I pulled the, the 39 books off the shelf this week. Uh, see the, those great pictures of uh, the uh, seniors in their beer suits and their, their saddle bucks and their ties getting ready for reunions. Uh, the class's uh, first reunion theme was the, the Thirsty Firsty. Uh, and then 25 years later, when they came back uh, as the, the featured class in, in the P-Raid, um, it was just seven months after their one-time classmate, John F. Kennedy, had been assassinated. And um, Walter Lord, a class member uh, famous for his, his book about the sinking of the, the Titanic, uh, A Night to Remember, uh, wrote the class history in the, in the 25th reunion book, and he talked about uh, JFK in there, and I'll, I'll give a, a brief quote uh, from that section. Uh, he, he writes, uh, Like him or not, back him or not, we had shared so much of the same world together for 25 years and more. We grew up in the same knickers, saw the same Fred Astaire, Ginger Roger movies, uh, felt the same fears and uncertainty and excitement of war, and he goes on. So, so this, uh, you know, this, this national event, this, this tragedy, the, the assassination of the president, was per- particularly uh, meaningful for the folks who, briefly as it was, uh, knew him uh, and, and kind of shared that experience. Um, Greg, You've written about the class of 39 before, and, and it's a very interesting class, not just for uh, the JFK connection or Lem Billings or uh, Henry Morgenthau, but so many members of the class stand out. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about what you think of when you think of the class of 39 and, and the time that they were here at Princeton? Well, we'll certainly loop back to them, um, uh, the folks you've you've just discussed um, quickly, but keeping in context that this is literally in the deep middle 
of the Depression. I mean, these guys got to Princeton in the main in 1935. Um, they were freshmen when the Veterans of Future Wars was created at Princeton. Uh, yet another topic for another day, which uh, effectively emphasized the uh, the great malaise of the students of the 30s um, with the international situation and effectively um, stating with certainty that they expected to be in a war themselves as their parents had been uh, in the teens. Um, so the, the idea that there was so much grim stuff surrounding this um, there were students withdrawing even this far into the depression all the time whose families finally couldn't support their attendance in college um, that so many interesting people came out of this that so many interesting things were going on at the time the veterans of future wars being one of them uh, one of my favorites is always the great Ephraim de Kabul who was one of the first on-campus imaginary classmates created uh, in this case by a number of the members of 1939. Uh, this was a totally imaginary classmate who, starting in their sophomore year, uh, various attendance cards from the chapel services uh, and various uh, exam papers uh, started to appear under the name of Ephraim de Kabul. Uh, he uh, even received grades for some courses in which the exams were the major component. And as it turned out, um, he was totally imaginary and had been created by a large number of people in the class who decided um, the more ubiquitous they could make him seem, the more convincing it would be. Um, and to be doing that in the middle of all of this is is really rather remarkable. A lot of very, very creative singular people in this class, uh, Bob Dickey being right at the top uh, of all of the many people of the 20th century who probably should have won a Nobel Prize in his case for physics, um, he's right up near the top of the list, the initial theorizer uh, and discoverer in many senses of cosmic background radiation, which uh, um, which really uh, revolutionized our understanding of our place in the universe. Uh, my friend, Bud Wynn, who came to mind uh, instantly when I started reading about uh, Lem Billings because he, uh, Bud, was another of the Choate Mafia that came to Princeton in 1935 uh, along uh, with Lem and JFK. Um, and uh, uh, Bud, uh, after a uh, global career uh, as, uh, as an Exxon executive, uh, came back to Princeton, settled there, uh, I think, frankly, Fred Fox talked him into it, and of course, Fred is the other member of the class of 39 that we'll talk about here briefly, and um, Fred dragged um, Budwin, who always had an affinity for historical stuff anyway, into becoming Fred's very worthy successor 
leading the forces of Princetoniana. Uh, when the committee was created uh, in the 1980s uh, following Fred's death, um, the great Fred Fox of the class of 39 and of all of these people, the person who will always be the great symbol of that class. And that I think was uh, common agreement among all the class members. Um, it was interesting seeing in uh, Henry Morgenthau's piece in the, uh, in the new issue uh, reference back to coming to see Fred with his granddaughter in the uh, in the 1970s, um, so many fascinating pieces of this, uh, so many unusual pieces. Uh, both Lem Billings um, being uh, uh, being gay um, in the in the 30s, uh, Henry Morgenthau being one of 12 Jewish students who managed to make it into his class at Princeton against virulent anti-Semitism at the time. And, uh, and then as the uh, son of the second cabinet officer in the country, his father was the Secretary of the Treasury, uh, not being able to get a single bid and bicker in 1937. Um, all of these things mesh together and give you an extremely colorful picture of that era um, and and the fact that um, I, and I don't know about Bob Dickey it's an interesting question but all of the others uh, that I just mentioned off the top of my head and obviously Ephraim de Cobble who was imaginary so he knew everybody all of them knew JFK who was only on campus for a few months uh, during his entire lifetime all of these wonderful pieces, the other ways that this ties back into Princetoniana. Um, I knew of Lem Billings briefly uh, prior to uh, uh, David Walter's uh, magnificent piece of writing, by the way. I think it's a just a magnificent, evocative uh, feel uh, for his life, for JFK's life for a number of the things associated with it. Um, I knew of Lem Billings because he was on the famous Christmas card with JFK uh, that was sent out in, uh, in December of 1935 uh, when Kennedy was still a freshman. Um, what I never actually sat down and thought about was whether he was related to Josh Billings. Um, who was uh, six years older, so didn't necessarily uh, come to mind in the same breath. But Josh Billings, uh, who uh, in 2000 was voted the Princeton Scholar Athlete of the Century, of the 20th century, uh, a Rhodes Scholar, president of the Undergraduate Council, um, famous physician, subsequently World War II veteran, um, uh, class valedictorian, uh, and uh, captain of the football team in 1933 for Fritz Chrysler, of, of 1932 actually, the 32 football team. Um, I never connected the two. 
And when you think about them in the context of the 30s, in the context of Princeton, uh, in the context of all of the forces in play, it just is ad- absolutely fascinating. Your mind keeps going for hours. And also just thinking about the the changes that, that took place in the world that they encountered after graduation. So, so Walter Lord writes about them kind of being, you know, spectators to the war in Europe when they were when they were seniors, uh, and then, you know, not long after that, they were, by and large, they were participants. Um, they saw one of their own uh, make his way to the White House. They. Um, it, it's it's just a fascinating uh, period in general, and and this particular group, as you mentioned, had a had a great influence on Princeton and and kind of preserving and and showcasing um, Princeton history in in the in the examples of Bud Wynn and of course the. Uh, amazing example of Fred Fox, who, who I know you are uh, much indebted to as a member of the Princetonian committee. And there's also a, a, a very explicit point to be made, which I, which I try to almost every time uh, discussion of Fred comes up. He was so beloved and such a magnificent human being um, that uh, even the people who knew him and who were there while he was around uh, often, uh, you know, talk of him in terms that are uh, are warm and fuzzy, that uh, that are really endearing, that reflect um, uh, that reflect the, the true caring and and warmth that he bought brought to uh, just about any situation he was in that required human interaction. But it's important to note that he did not um, he did not go after history, and he just loved all of this stuff. He did not go after history as something to be held in a museum, put on display, um, uh, and you know preserved in amber. Uh, he was the original proponent, uh, and if you read um, Bill Bowen's. Uh, who we should also give a nod to in all of this, uh, Bill Bowen's um, eulogy for Fred uh, from 1981. He emphasizes how dynamic a person Fred was and how dynamic his view of the world was. His emphasis on history was to be able to give yourself some grounding so that when you had to go out and incessantly face the challenges of change, new ideas, surprises, the inevitable curveballs that the world throws you, that you have something to ground yourself on, not something to replicate. Uh, He used the analogy of the river, uh, where the banks stay pretty much the same, but the water is always new. Uh, and uh, that's sort of what you need to think about in regard to all of these people. 
Lem Billings was living a completely different kind of life in a completely different context uh, by the time he died. Uh, so is Henry Morgenthau. God bless him uh, with his with his wonderful poetry and being able to come and see Fred Fox at Princeton and introduce his granddaughter as a potential student, um, which would have been obviously unthinkable in the 30s. Um, Bud Wynn saw the place change in a huge number of ways uh, while he was there. Um, and of course, his family has gone on to be major participants at Princeton. Um, Josh Billings, uh, Lem's brother, became a Princeton trustee and a, uh, a, a critical mover and shaker in many of the big changes of Princeton uh, in the 50s and 60s. Uh, Bob Dickey literally changed people's idea of what the universe even was. Uh, and you have to have a level of of creativity and reaching out far beyond yourself to even begin to think in those lines. It goes on, it goes on, it goes on. And I think uh, one sort of lighthearted lesson to learn from it is the folks who are capable of creating Ephraim de Cobble and having him turn in exam papers and, and you know, get have an imaginary student get a B-plus on an exam is is pretty darn fine, and, uh, and and maybe they've got some other things to add to society as well. I think that's a wonderful way to think about the uh, class of 39. Uh, I think we've kind of reached a, the end of this episode, but I, I urge everyone to um, let us know if they have ideas for future shows, topics they'd like to hear us uh, talk about or or uh, do some research on, you can always contact us by email at paw at princeton.edu. And it's always comforting to remember uh, that Going Backstory is a production of the Princeton Alumni Weekly Online. Well said, and we'll see you next month. <laughs>